Does anybody in here feel uh, some stress today? Some anxiety? Some burdens? Anybody need some rest? I know I do. I know I do. I feel some anxiety preparing for the annual budget meeting and all that stuff that goes along with it. I, I feel the burden even this morning preparing for today. We all have burdens in our life, and I think sometimes we try to carry way more burdens than we're supposed to. And, and I saw these images online, and I thought it was a great analogy for that. You know, in, in, around the world, people are trying to get way more than should fit on things like a cart. See all these things? Let's see this next image. This guy is biking, pulling this huge weight. Can you imagine biking with that? And he's got a mask on. Maybe he's training for something. I don't know. That's like the new way to train. Those are geese. Those are geese. But you've got to get geese from point A to point B. You might as well use a motorcycle. Or for the eggs. Could you imagine trying to balance those eggs on a motorcycle? Let's see this next guy. Those are bricks on a bicycle. That's, that's the best way to bring bricks to another location, right? Crazy. Or this guy that built this enormous contraption to get these big old water bottles, these five-gallon jugs. Doesn't this look like a page from Dr. Seuss? <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. That's a real photograph. People biking, all that stuff. Oh, I don't even know what this stuff is. Styrofoam or something? But all that stuff on this tiny little golf cart thing, pulling this huge load. Those are people. That's how you get across the desert, I guess. One guy's given a peace sign at the top. You know, <laughs> what a great... Man, how terrifying is that? No seatbelts, I promise you. And that is a train. That's how you ride the train, I guess, in India. And this is my favorite one. Those are coconut husks. That's, isn't that an enormous load? On, on these little tiny carts and bicycles and vehicles, pulling this load way bigger than anything they were meant to carry. Way heavier. And they're just pulling too much. And I think that's how we live our lives. <laughs> we try to do too much. We have the expectations of our bosses, of our jobs, trying to meet financial goals. We have the burdens of our families. Okay, we have these responsibilities. I've got to take care of the kids, my spouse. We have friends, uh, maybe parents that we have to take care of. All these burdens are being put on our shoulders. Plus, we have the weight of things we've done in the past. This guilt and remorse for things we've done. It wakes us up in the middle of the night in cold sweats, thinking about, man, why did I do that? These burdens we have on ourselves that we try to carry on our own, and I think we're carrying way more than we're supposed to. We're like these vehicles, trying to cram everything we can onto ourselves and lift it all up ourselves. And you know what? It wears us down. And we need rest. Amen? I know I need rest. And I think all of us need rest. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to find true rest. Because we all go to something for rest. And we need to learn the right way to find rest. The true way to find rest, and that true rest is in Jesus. Last, the last two weeks I've shown you this arrow of this diagram because our mission here is to help people follow Jesus. And you take people who may not like Jesus or might not like church or, or don't even like him at all, and, and they are starting to say maybe there's something interesting about him. And that was our sermon last week, come and see. Because that's what Jesus says at the beginning. He says, just follow me by coming and seeing. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to believe everything. You don't even have to believe it all. You be skeptical. Just come and see. But as you're going to be continuing on this journey of faith, you come to the next stage in Jesus' ministry when he called people to come and rest. To come and rest. And we're going to continue on in the rest of our series as we look at the four different components of Jesus' call to follow him. 
to follow him. But today it's come and rest. And we're going to look at one of the most amazing passages, I think, in all of Scripture, maybe in all of human literature, from Matthew 11:28. So we're going to read this entire passage, and then we're going to dive in to study it a little bit closer. Come to me, Jesus said, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those amazing words. And Jesus said that, just come to me, come and rest. So today we're going to look at the three different components from this passage that true rest requires. If, you, if that sounds good to you, oh, that sounds good to me. I want rest. I want to take these burdens off of me. I, I want something easier, lighter. I want rest. If you want that, I want us to learn these three components that true rest requires. And here's the first one. True rest requires a step of faith. It requires a step of faith. Did you notice what verse 28 said at the very beginning? Jesus said, Come to me. Come to me. He didn't say, sit there, I'll take care of everything. Even though we'll talk about how he did take care of everything. He said, come. There's a step that we have to take as individuals if we want true rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, if you come, I will give you rest. There's a one-to-one ratio. You just have to take that step of faith. You have to take a step of faith. We've heard the saying, you must be present to win. Jesus says, if you want rest, all you have to do is take a step. There's rest available. There is. There's rest available. This comfort, this ease of your burden is available, but you have to come. The people that don't come don't get the rest. But for everyone who does come, the rest is available. I heard a saying this week that faith isn't complete until it gets to your feet. Faith isn't complete until it gets to your feet. You have to take a step of faith. You have to move forward following Jesus if you want to experience and have the true rest that Jesus offers. It takes a step of faith. And of course we're talking metaphorically. So what does it mean practically? How do you take that step? How do you come forward to Jesus and find your rest? One of the most powerful ways to do this is through prayer. Because in prayer... We let God be God, and we can watch as God gives us the rest and takes care of things. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we read, Don't worry about anything. That sounds great. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet, And at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Because there's all these things that we try to do ourselves. And God just says, just ask me to handle it. Allow me to take care of it. Take all those burdens and give them to me. And then you will find the peace and rest you're looking for. 1 Peter 5.7 says, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Cast, throw it, get rid of it. You have these burdens, these anxieties, these things that are weighing you down, these responsibilities, these deadlines that keep coming quicker and quicker. God just says, just cast those all on me and I'll take care of it. I will take care of you and give you rest through these things. So we need to learn to pray. 
we need to learn how to go to God again and again and again. Now, this should mean that we have a regular time of prayer every day. I, I think that's so important. Maybe multiple times a day. Throughout your day, you, you try to get some time with prayer. But I think also we just need to learn that our first thing we do is pray. The first thing we do. And these can be quick prayers. We see this in like the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah all of a sudden is standing before the emperor and doesn't know what to say. And it says that he shot up a prayer to God. He's like arrow prayers. God, help me right now. Boom. And then you go for it. You could be in the middle of a conversation, not knowing what to say. God, help me. And then God can help you. He can give you the rest you need right then. So we need extended periods of time where we're saying, hey, I'm going to take these burdens and, and cast them on you, and, uh, these anxiety. I'm going to throw it on you, God, and let you handle it. I'm going to put all these requests to you. But we also take momentary things. We need to learn to go to God first instead of trying to do it ourselves. Sometimes we get so busy and think, I can't pray. I don't have time to pray. But in reality, we, don't have, uh, we, don't have, we need to go to prayer, right? We have to go to that first. We have to go to God first. You know, I want you to think about the thing you do first or the thing you go to first when you feel that anxiety and burden on your life. What is it? Everybody has one thing or multiple things that they do. What is it? You, you start to feel anxiety and you, you go get that drink. Or, or maybe it's you know, that sleeping pill you take just so you can clear your mind. Give me an ambient. Okay, maybe it's something you do, like uh, it's time to go shopping. Time to spend some money, then I'll feel better. Maybe it's a person or a relationship and you say, that person, that'll make me feel better. If I just had that relationship, it would make me feel better. We go to these different things to provide for us what only Jesus can. We are going to these things to save us from our burdens, from our responsibilities, from these things that are weighing us down. We say, help me, save me. And in turn, we make these things our gods. The Bible calls these things idol, idols, idolatry. Because we make something take the place of God. And John Calvin said that the human heart is a perpetual forge of idols. We're making idols in our heart all the time. Whether it's the substance or the person or the thing that we do. And we say, oh, I need that thing first. That thing that you go to first becomes your idol. Because it takes the place of God. And we need to learn to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to go to Jesus first. I'm going to take a step of faith towards him. I'm going to make him the Lord of my life and ask him to help me. And that's what we must learn to do first. Take a step of faith. It's not just that first initial step, which is so important, but it's a daily step, a momentary step. At every moment of our life, we've got to learn to take that step of faith and say, Jesus, you handle it because I can't. Because I can't. And it is, you're going to find out, very hard for us to let go. It's very hard for us to let go because we want to do it ourselves. And that leads us to our second point. To find true rest, you need to take off your yoke. True rest requires taking off your yoke. Let me explain this. In, in verse 28 and 29, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus says that what's implicit in this verse is that you have to take off the yoke that you're trying to carry yourself. If you want to take on Jesus' yoke, you've got to get rid of yours. So what yoke am I talking about? Is it egg yoke? No. No, we're talking about a wooden yoke. Back in ancient Israel and still used today in a lot of parts of the world are, are yokes. And these were wooden beams that would have some kind of way to loop around or, or connect around an animal's neck. Beasts of burden, mules, donkeys, oxen, 
horses would, would carry these different loads. And they would take this beam and, and tie it between two or, or multiple animals. And they would be able to pull a cart or a plow or something heavy. And, and together they were able to pull this heavy burden, right? And this yoke that was placed around their necks enabled them to pull this heavy y- load behind them, right? So you're following me? So Jesus says, come to me and take my yoke upon you. So what we need to learn is to take the yoke off ourselves. This yoke that we're trying to carry, it, because you can't put two yokes on one animal. It just doesn't work. It's only one neck. The neck's not long enough. Not giraffes here, okay? You, you can't fit two different yokes on one neck. You've got to take off the yoke that you have right now. So I want to challenge you to do this. The thing that you're trying to do, the burdens that you're trying to carry, the responsibilities you're trying to fulfill yourself, you need to say, hey, I'm just going to take them off and let God take care of it. Let Jesus carry the load. I'm going to take his yoke upon me. Because we try to do too much. Who in here has heard of the Battle of New Orleans? Any history buffs? You remember this battle, learning it from school? It's kind of an obscure battle, but really interesting in American history. You see, it took place during the War of 1812. The War of 1812. And the British were attacking the United States mainland. And in this section of the war, they were trying to take control of some of the land that the U.S. had purchased in the Louisiana Purchase. So they were trying to take control of the Mississippi River. Because if they had that control, they could control so much of the region. Because that's how all the shipments came in. So they were attacking New Orleans so they could control the Mississippi. Well, Andrew Jackson was the general at the time in that area. And we know him from our money, if we have it. And he was one of our presidents, right? But before that, he was a general. And he was tasked with defending New Orleans with less than 500 troops. And to call them troops would be a stretch because most of them were just ragtag volunteers and militiamen that had volunteered. And he also grabbed... You know, a lot of people that were like pirates, okay? He just got anybody who could, mercenaries, because he, he wanted as big a force as he could to defend the U.S. mainland and keep the Mississippi. It was so important to have that control. Well, the British force was much larger. There was almost 10,000 troops, and they were well-trained. They all had their great uniforms. They knew what they were doing. So when they came in to attack, they went on head-on. And they were saying, we're just going to take these guys out in a full frontal assault. So Andrew Jackson and his soldiers, they didn't even have a fort. They dug troughs to to hide in, and they they took hay bales to hide behind, and they were sitting there with their rifles, and they were shooting as all the British forces were coming at them. And they fought and fought hard. And and what's amazing, it's one of the, the greatest battles in American history, because even though there was more than double the forces on the British side, the British lost some 2,000 men. They were dead or injured, and the U.S. suffered only 71 casualties. An amazing battle that the U.S. won. What's so interesting about this battle is not that we had this great victory and that they fought so valiantly, but that it was fought on January 15th of 1815. I'm sorry, January 8th of 1815. But the Treaty of Ghent which was signed to end the war between the United States and England, was signed on December 24th of 1814. The war was already over. The war had been fought and won. And yet here they all were. They didn't hear the news. So they were fighting and giving their lives to win this battle. I think that's what we do in our lives. 
The war is already over. Jesus was perfect. He did everything on the cross. And yet we are still trying to fight this battle and do everything ourselves. But the war is already won. We just need to trust in Jesus and take that yoke off of ourselves. We need to take that yoke off of ourselves. So again and again, we need to remember the words of Jesus in John 15, 5. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to learn how to rely on Jesus in everything. We, we need to, because we're fighting this battle. We're trying to be a better person. We're trying to do all these things that we cannot accomplish on our own. We really can't. We can't do all these responsibilities. We can't handle all these burdens. But Jesus says, I've already done it. I've already accomplished. Do you know what Jesus said on the cross, one of his last words that he ever said? It is finished. It's finished. It's already done. Everything that needs to be done has already been done. You are accepted by God. You are forgiven no matter what you've done in the past, present, or future. It's forgiven if you just have this step of faith and believe in Jesus Christ. That's an amazing word, isn't it? So we need to learn how to take off our own yoke and say, I'm not going to try to do it all my own. I'm not going to do it all because I can't. And I don't need to. But here's the alternative of that. As Jesus said in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. So our third point is that finding true rest requires taking on Jesus' yoke. Taking on Jesus' yoke. Back in verse 29, it said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, that word learn in the Greek is the Greek word mathete. And it's the same root word from which we get the English word disciples, which is mathetes in Greek. So a disciple, someone who follows Jesus and learns from him, is this word learning. It's saying, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to learn from him, I'm going to try to become more like him. And if you've ever read the words of Jesus, he had some pretty tough words for us to do and obey, didn't he? Things, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, we read it, it it comes to its climax in the end of chapter 5 in Matthew, and it says, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. You look at that and you think, man, that's hard. It seems impossible, and it is. See, but, but Jesus still calls us to do that, to be perfect, to be more like him, to follow him, to learn from him. All these things, to obey him, to do these things that we thought, I, I can't do that, that's too hard. See, when you look at Jesus and you look at this yoke that he has, it does look heavy. I think that's why Jesus called it a yoke. He called it a yoke because it looks really heavy. It looks like it's gonna, you're going to be a beast of burden carrying this enormous load. But what he says about it is that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because the thing is, is that Jesus is carrying the full brunt of the weight of that load. He's yoking himself to us. That's why he says, just take my yoke upon you. And he's actually the one that's going to pull the weight. We look like we're pulling the weight and like we're doing a good job and being a disciple of Jesus. But who's the one who's really helping us out the whole time and was perfect when we could not be perfect? Jesus. He's the one carrying the yoke. Have you ever been with a group of people and you're all tasked with lifting a, a heavy piece of furniture or something? Have you ever been there? And, and you go, have you ever done this? And you go to lift it up and it's like really light. You're like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Oh, but you kind of pretend like you're, you got this heavy load. But really it's the people on the end and they're like, oh, dying. But you're like, yeah, I got it in the middle. But you don't. That's what it's like with Jesus. He's the one carrying that full load. He's the one carrying the, the weight of all of that. And we just kind of, Pretend almost, because Jesus is the one taking the yoke for us and carrying it all for us. You know, who in here has an older sibling? 
Now, I had an older brother, uh, my brother John, and I, I was always nervous and shy to do stuff, but not with John. Whenever I was with John, I was bold. You know, we'd go places, we'd talk to people, but I would never do it by myself. But if John was there, all of a sudden I had this extra dose of courage. Have you guys been there with an older sibling? Or a friend? Some people had a friend like that. Jesus is the one who, who gives us his courage. He's the one carrying the load. And when we're with him, when we're yoked to him, all of a sudden we're going to be able to do things we didn't think we could. We're going to be a better person than we ever thought we could because Jesus is helping us and carrying the load for us. And when we fall down, he picks us up because he's the one carrying the load anyways. So that's why we need to learn to take Jesus' yoke upon ourselves. You know, I don't want this to just be an individual message. It really is. I'm calling all of us and inviting you all to find this true rest in Jesus. But at the same time, I want this to be us as a church. As a church, I want us to be the church that welcomes people in and doesn't put extra burdens on people, but just points to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus will take care of it for you. Just come to him. He'll be the one who can forgive you. He'll be the one who can transform your life if you will follow him. Later in Matthew 23, Jesus will talk to the Pharisees, the super uber religious leaders of his day, and he'll say to them, you place a burden on people and don't even lift a finger to help them carry it. That's not what Christians are supposed to do. We're not supposed to put extra rules and regulations on people and say you have to do this and, and don't do that. All these hard things. No, no, no. We're supposed to just point people to Jesus and say, yes, he calls us to follow, but he's going to help you along the whole way. And when you mess up and fail, you're not a failure because Jesus succeeded for you. He won the battle for you. So we're always pointing people to Jesus, not putting an extra burden on people. And as a church, we want to be a church that welcomes people and says, come and rest. Find salvation. Find rest for your souls only in Jesus because you can't do it on your own. That's why in this series, it's not just these individual messages to all of us here, but this is a message for us as a church. So we can see that we can become a church that not only invites people who are skeptical and doubting and unbelieving to say, come and see, but we also take them and say, you need to come and rest. I want you all to take that step of faith and, and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and learn to pray and learn to grow because Jesus is the one who can do everything for you that you could never do. That's what kind of church we need to be and we're going to be. To helping people follow Jesus. So this leads us all, all these three points. All these three points lead us to our big idea today. And it's simple. The rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. Not saying the rest, you have to do all this extra work. No, no, no. Jesus is saying, I have this rest for you. Come to me. Come to me. You're weary and heavy laden. You're, you're burdened. Just come to me. And I have rest for you. You've got to take a step of faith. You've got to take off your yoke. You've got to put on my yoke. So there is something you have to do. The rest is up to you. The old saying says, uh, lead a ho- you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There's a lot of people who, who have heard this message or heard these words before, and they're still trying to do it on their own. And I just say, well, Jesus is saying, hey, the rest is up to you. Just come to me. He says, I'll take care of all of it. So you could invite somebody over for a great feast, a great meal, but they could still be hanging outside eating old leftover pizza crusts. Doesn't mean they're going to come in. You can offer someone an all-expenses-paid vacation to Hawaii, and they might stay at home playing in the mud. You can offer someone an infinite line of credit, and that person could choose to make no withdrawals. 
And that's what Jesus does for us. He invites us. He says, just come. I've done all of it for you. Just come to me. Cast your burdens on me. I'll give you rest. But you've got to take a step of faith. The rest is up to you. The rest is up to you. That's why Jesus would say things like, I have living water. He would say that I am the bread of life. He would tell people that he has this eternal life ready and waiting for them. True rest for their souls. True riches. Because Jesus lived that perfect life that we could never do. The expectations that we all fail at, he succeeded at carrying them. And yet, he still was executed as a criminal. And when he did that, all the burdens of the world, all the sins of the world were placed on him on that cross. And that's when he yelled with his last words. He breathed out, it is finished. Because he had done everything that we never could. He had carried the yoke that we never could. And that's why we put our trust in him. Because three days after he died, he rose from the dead to prove that he has power over everything. Your burdens are nothing. Trust Jesus. Bernard of Clairvaux said, Jesus, the very thought of thee, with sweetness fills my breast. But sweeter far thy face to see, and in thy presence rest. That's the rest we need. We need to stop trying to do it all. We need to come to Jesus. So I'm having the band come up right now. And I want to do two things right now. I want to do two things. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never said, I- I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, I'm going to follow him, I want you to do that today. If you're feeling that tug in your heart, I'm going to lead a prayer and then I want you to pray it with me. And the second thing we're going to do is for everybody else who has said, yeah, I follow Jesus, I know that you guys are trying to carry some burdens that you're not supposed to. So the second thing we're going to do is we're going to have a moment where you can silently just cast those anxieties, cast those burdens on Jesus and say, I'm going to trust you to carry them for me. So let's all just bow our heads and close our eyes right now. So if you're here and you're saying, Matt, I'm ready to make that first step of faith and find rest and eternal life and forgiveness in Jesus, um, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed down, I want you to just repeat this prayer after me. You can say it silently because you're speaking to God. Lord God, I take a step of faith today. I believe in you. And I pray that you take away my burdens and the guilt of all my sins and help me to follow you. I pray, God, that you would give me true rest today. I ask that you'd come into my heart and give me eternal life and the true rest. Amen. With everybody's eyes still closed, if that was the first time you've ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, could you please just raise your hand? please just raise your hand and if that was your first time I want you to mark it on your connection card thank you yeah you can put your hand down mark it on your connection card and put it in one of the boxes on the way out because I want to pray for you and I want to encourage you because that was an amazing step of faith you took and for everybody else that we're trying to do too much on our own if you're here right now and you're you're carrying this burden that you were never meant to carry I want to just give you a minute to cast that anxiety cast that burden on God so take this minute to do that God, we cast our anxieties on you. We lay our burdens down at your feet. Take this yoke off of us. We want your yoke that's light and easy, that you could carry it for us, that we would know that the war is already over. The battle is won. 
that we can trust you 100% and know that you have done everything that we could never do. And Lord God, with this last song, all of us want to declare your name because our feet may fail. We can't do it on our own. Our flesh is weak. But Lord God, we come to you and trust in you and we take that step of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.